I'm your host, Stephen Gutteridge, and welcome to Mid-South Moments. So, in a bit of a departure from Mid-South television reviews, we've got part one of two special shows looking back at some classic Mid-South matches from Houston Wrestling during 1984. Regular co-host Dan Phillips is here. How are you doing today, Dan? Very, very good, thank you. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, this is a bit of a different show. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've really, I think it's fair to say we've really wanted to look back at some longer Mid South matches, uh, and for a long time. And over the next two weeks, we're going to go through some of the highlights from 1984. Um, And this will also bring the Mid South television episodes back in line with the dates they aired. A point that has been bothering me for about six months now, since a brief time doing two shows a week, which I realised was killing me, and I soon stopped. So. As some, of, as some of you may know already, um, Bill Watts reached an agreement with longtime Houston promoter Paul Bosch, where Watts would provide the talent for the shows in Houston, and he also purchased a percentage of the office. And thankfully, a lot of these tapes have survived the test of time, whereas most of the Mid-South house shows either weren't taped or weren't saved. So I've tweeted the links out directly to these matches, so hopefully you can watch them and enjoy them as well. And also, we're going to use the Mid-South Moments match rating system for these longer encounters. So instead of stars, we've got a more simple uh, system here. So the lower end of the system is skip. One step above skip was it was all right. One step above that is recommend. And one step above that is must watch. That took, how long did we were discussing that system? Probably about six weeks we came out to well, put that together. Yeah. yeah, I think we've worded them really well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've covered all, covered all bases here. So the first match we're going to look at is from, or was from, January the 27th, 1984. Um, all of these from the Sam Houston Coliseum in Houston, Texas. And this was the Midnight Express versus Magnum TA and Mr. Wrestling 2 for the Mid-South Tag Team title match. Um, so there's no commentary on any of these matches. Uh, and the first thing you'll notice after the fast start from the baby faces is the continual and incredible roar from the Houston crowd. Um, before we go, I'll go on and sort of briefly recap the match, you just, just comment on this, this, this incredible crowd here. I mean, it's, it's just phenomenal. I mean, I noticed that it went sort of straight into the action, mm. but that was a, so, but that was irrelevant, really. The crowd were absolutely pumped Yep. regardless of it going straight in it was and, and uh, to be honest that's a theme you know, it's not much of a spoiler uh, the theme through these matches is the crowd are electric yeah the, way the, more than a house show um, you know it, they are buzzing and it's just yeah straight away do you know what it's one of the ones where I've, I was sort of I think I started watching it and turned it down yeah you know, no you're commentary right. anyway you're right. I wanted to hear the crowd but once I realised actually there's no commentary on these I had to turn it down because it was, honestly, it was, it was buzzing. So, yeah, yeah. it's great to see. The, a lot of these matches are, are taken probably a step above because of the crowd. And there's a lot of stalling from the Hill team early after being victims of a pre-bell attack. And I noticed that the ring didn't have an apron skirt. Is that the right word? Apron skirt? Ring apron? I mean, ring apron's yeah, the top I, bit. I, yeah, I've written this down too, but I don't think I used the word skirt. <laughs> um, I'm sticking I with apron skirt. Yeah, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't find it now. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit, it was really strange actually, because then I, I was actually thinking about that after, like, why do they have one? And I guess obviously number one to hide what's behind the ring, but yeah, number yeah. two is probably purely advertising really, like just advertising the show. You have the show's logo, but actually it does hide what's underneath the ring doesn't it yeah because which actually is that i don't know but that's not necessarily a, if you can see what's under the ring i don't know if that's a bad thing oh yeah. there's a chair under the ring is that is that 
ruining the illusion. I, don't I know think maybe a bit. If you were sat, if you were sat up up in the tiers, you probably it probably wouldn't make much difference. But if you were sat right at the front, you could see the big thing holding the ring up, and uh, you could yeah. see you could see how much it was going down and the springiness and that sort of stuff. So I think that's probably the why they um, why they introduced it. But I've not seen that in too many too many places before. Um, so Eaton brought a chair in and ended up being painfully atomic dropped onto it by Magnum. Um, and still at three minutes into the match and not really a huge amount of action, there was a consistent buzz from this incredible crowd. Um, eventually at the four-minute mark, Eaton and Mr. Wrestling 2 were sent to their corners and Magnum and Conjury really started the match proper. Um, Magnum's offense sent this cr- already hot crowd to roof-blowing off proportions and they didn't let up when two was tagged in and continued the beatdowns on the Midnights. Um, the Midnights had, in a rare showing of wardrobe unity, matching red outfits, albeit Eaton was in his usual long tights, whereas Condry was in trunks. Um, Cornette was on the outside looking dashing with a light grey three-piece suit, blue shirt and pink tie along with his customary tennis racket. What did you think of Cornette's outfit here? I thought he looked very strapping. Yeah, he did, didn't um, he? He really did. And uh, I'll tell you what I did notice with him, actually, and goes back to the crowd, he was, they was, I, I could see them they were like squaring up to him. Oh, yeah, so yeah. It was really like, like I don't know, because there was such a buzz about the place, um, I guess the difference I noticed as well from the house shows is people seem to be like, not agitated is the wrong word, but they were like, like, no one was really sitting down. Everyone was sort no. of buzzing and standing up. So actually in the past when you've seen the house shows and the crowd get him a bit, it's sort of they're sitting down and they're shouting at him. He, they, people were like running to the front and like really squaring up to yep. him like to the point where I was watching it and actually it goes on to my, one of the points I made where I don't know if you noticed it, but I noticed for all these events, there's police just walking around. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, imagine these so, are quite uh, quite tasty crowds. Yeah, day, so yeah. I was a bit like, this is the first one. So by the time I got to the end of, of the shows that we watched for, for, for what we're reviewing here, I sort of was taking a pinch of salt. But for the first one, I was like, the crowd are pretty rowdy. There's police yeah. there. Like, is this what happens? And it turns out, I think this is a thing. Yeah, like, a there, thing. Was, there was a potential danger to him. Yeah. Oh, there were riots. I think people pulled nice on and there's all sorts of stories you can find online about Cornette that are, you know, grown with legend over time. Um, so finally, at the 9.30 mark, the champions took over on two with Eaton using a choke, much to the chagrin of this Houston crowd. Um, Eaton also struck two with a chair to the gut with the referee's back turned. And there were some classic hope spots that followed with two looking like he was going to make the tag to Magnum, but not quite being able to make break free. I love that spot. You see that a lot in, um, in 80s WWF, the Hart Foundation people in the babyface tag team that just couldn't quite get out, which was yeah. <laughs> um, at the 15 minute mark the midnights were working over two for a sustained period of time with a useless ref doing nothing about it until Magnum could take no more and he attacked with a plank of wood off screen Magnum got some powder of some sort thrown in his eyes presumably by Cornette allowing them to leave the ringside area and two and Magnum followed and it looked like the crowd went with them did you notice this when, when they when they had went after Cornette it looked like half the crowd was running after, after them behind yeah. them yeah, I just watched. The, honestly, I was the crowd just mesmerising me. I, as I said, because this is the first one I've seen, I was just a lot of this. I was going, "What's happening here?" Yeah, this is just like organised chaos at times. You know, like I guess. And I don't think they announced. A, did they announce a finish here? I don't think they, there was. Did they ring announcement exactly what actually happened? It was a disqualification. So did they, did the Midnight's win by disqualification here? The midnight stage, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I obviously didn't didn't catch that. So before I rate this, and um, what did you think of the match overall and, and anything to add? So some of my observations, um say the the match sort of didn't really I think the match didn't officially start till about a minute in. Yes. Um, yeah. And then 
for anyone watching this back, one minute 18, I rewound this twice to speak. There is just a noise of what I can only describe as like a fart noise. And please, <laughs> can someone else listen to this back? You're literally, they're just commentating and you just hear, <laughs> and I swear, honestly, it's the most bizarre thing. I've rewound it three times. It's definitely there. I don't get it. It's wow. a complete context. Anyway, Dirty protests from Jim Cornette. Dirty protests, yeah. Um, I just wondered what was going on and what I was watching. Um, yeah, so I think Magnum is very top heavy. He's definitely the epitome in this match of skipping leg day, I noticed. <laughs> he stood out quite a bit to me for that. Did you hear the um, story about that on my stag do? Have I told you about that? No. So on my stag do, the guys made me dress up as basically kind of like Supergirl. Well, it was kind of like Supergirl. It's like a, this, this awful Superman crop top thing with like these blue... Um, these little blue, like very, very short shorts. They, they luckily they allow, allowed me to wear a pair of cycling shorts underneath, but it was still, I was still horribly exposed in all the, all the wrong places. Um, anyway, uh, Mr. Get your, Mr. Get your tips out, um, posted a photo of me on Facebook, um, with all, with all of us. And he's like, come on, it's a stag or something. A girl I've never met before in my life posted it. And I still think about this <laughs> probably at least once a week, four and a half years on. She posted, looks like Supergirl skip leg day. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. What, she, what she posts on her what social media on, on no on Joe so she just randomly commented on a photo of someone she didn't didn't know any, she knew one person of I was thinking imagine if I'd gone on Facebook and like one of my friends had posted on and they were on a hen group and, I, and I'd said oh looks like look like the looks like the hen didn't go to the gym before a hen do or something <laughs> but for god's sake why is that allowed and do you know what I've probably written out uh probably three or four times since then at least like a response to it and also is this on twitter on facebook this is oh, and it's, still, it's still there now but i've never like even even like two or three years on i've i've been like typing out a response that's like pull myself away from it but yeah so <laughs> that leg day comment that hurts me unfortunately <laughs> well i guess you dress as supergirl magnum's in a pair of pants so you know. yeah exactly yeah um so, the thing yeah, is, the thing is, on. just to close the story, I've never trained harder in my life before that holiday. So, so obviously it worked, didn't Brilliant. it? Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, I, I noticed as well on this that the midnights were um, calling for a timeout. Because obviously I think for the first, for the first 10 minutes, um, TA and 2 were, were on fire. They were playing to the crowd, dominating the sort of beat down. Um, you know, I saw that the midnights were asking for timeout. Looked like they were like, actually looked like they were about to cry. Yeah. Uh, times. <laughs> Uh, I saw one time they were thinking one of them was like running around the ring like a cartoon character. Um, and I finally thought, I think after about five minutes, they locked up and then it went back to just, it was a bit pandemonium, I think. I think it yes. sort of made clear for the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, quite like the sort of um, the classic strategic use of chairs rather than just the old, you know, the stuff that you don't like with the chair smashed straight on the head. Yeah. The strategic, you know, in the gut, quickly, no one's like the rest not looking. You had all of that. I mean, just a. I mean, if we go on to you know Midnight Express, we'll come on later. Two classic tag teams, but you can tell that they was you know these tag teams are so good, like yes, how they yeah. work together, and it's just seamless. It's so seamless in regards to like how they managed to sneak a sneak a chair shot in without the rest of it. Just stuff like I just still love that. Like how, when it's just so subtle, like blink of the eye, they know the ref's not looking. Bang in. Yeah. Um, so you had a bit of that. Um, I also noticed the crowd in these, I've mentioned this before, if someone goes onto that top rope, the crowd lose yeah. their mind. Mm. God knows what they would do nowadays. 
I mean, they just screams when they go to the top row. Just like I like that. And then the other thing I did like, I mean, you mentioned before when they when the babyface you just can't make the tag. Yes. Can we just comment on uh, Mr. Wrestling Two waddling on his knees to make the tag? <laughs> he waddled on his knees all across the ring, playing tag, and I thought it was brilliant. Um, and then I guess the only other thing for me was you mentioned about you saw the crowd running after Cornette. I don't know if you noticed that before TA come back with a bit of wood mm. that he sort of hit him over the head with, he went across, bounced off one of the ropes and then he goes across to the other rope and then he disappears out of shot and then you just don't see him and then he just reappears with the wood. Oh, I know. I didn't know. So to me, yeah. it looked like, so he's come off one rope, he's bounced and then you're waiting for him to come back and he doesn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, I was just like, he looks like he's disappeared. In essence, what I'm trying to say is anyone that's going to watch these back, can you please look out for a couple of these like yeah. hidden things I've noticed because there's I'm starting to be paranoid it's just me. No, there's <laughs> one in the last Stampede match where they basically zoom in for ages and you miss the whole thing. But we'll talk about that when, when we get to that one. So, yeah, but... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I say as a, as a match, if I if I was going on on our scale, I would say with this one, I am verging between it was all right to recommend, and my recommend yes. is based on I want people to have a look to see if I'm right about the fart noise and the disappearing man. <laughs> um, but also, it's a good, it is a good match actually, and I've because Mr. Wrestling Two now has sort of moved on from. Where we are on Mid South now, he's not in it, is he? Yeah, he's long. So it was yeah, quite. Yeah, I think it was quite good to see him again. Yeah, no, it was. With all so these I think that affected this, yeah. my my um, my thoughts a bit um, about it. But um, yeah, it was. I, I would probably put it between them two. On the yeah, I would agree. That's exactly what I've written. I, I said it was probably an, it was all right for me, but the crowd pushed it into recommend territory. So I think we're, we're yeah. on the same page there. So next up from February the 24th, 1984 is Hacksaw Butch Reed versus Jim Neidhart. And I didn't know going in, this was a football helmet on a pole match, but I was delighted that it was. Um, when Neidhart first tried to climb up, he looked like he was going to pull the pole down and the whole ring itself. In fact, every time one man hits the ropes, I thought the whole ring was going to collapse. Um, Reed missed a big elbow drop um, from the middle rope, which he did incredibly well to keep his balance for on the shaky ropes. Neidhart climbed up the pole, and this reminded me briefly of a stag deal I was on in Bulgaria earlier this year. Um, I should probably move on from that quickly. Reed and Neidhart fell back into the ring off the pole, and Neidhart worked over Reed until Reed reversed charged reversed a charged and tossed Nightheart through the middle rope. Don't know what that means. Reversed a, reversed a charge from Nightheart and then tossed it through the middle rope would have been a better note there. Um, again, no apron skirt here, um, but we did get sight of a big metal circle-like object, um, which I think they may have hit the, with a hammer for the ring bell. Did you no, notice this hanging on the outside? It's almost like a circular bit of metal. I wonder if they, if they smashed that with something for the ring bell. It wasn't actually no, a bell. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I wonder. I guess it must have been. Um, Reed hit Nightheart with a terrible-looking chair shot to the head. Um, terrible in the sense that it barely touched him, but for the best with twenty-twenty vision. Before climbing up to try and get the pole, um, it looked for a little while that he was going to do an elaborate dance up there, pretending to fall off just because of perhaps a stiff breeze in the air. But actually, when the camera finally zoomed out, it was it showed Nightheart was shaking the ropes. Um, Reed hit his big tackle after running the ropes, and the crowd didn't really react to that big. Um, it seemed Nightheart. Heart was more in the babyface role here, and though that wasn't clearly t- 
determined on television. Um, Reed then scowled the pole with an excellent straddling of it to retrieve the helmet, albeit he was then, in, then press slammed off the top rope while wearing it. Nightheart then put on the helmet, charged Reed with it, but was hit in the face with powder. Reed tried to take the helmet off, succeeded, went up to the middle rope and then slammed Nightheart with a headbutt. Um, Jim was busted open at this point and as Reed continued the beating while wearing the football helmet. There was another big headbutt tackle from Reed before the one, two, three in nine minutes and 24 seconds. Nightheart's head looked badly lacerated and Reed continued the, belt, the beat down until Terry Taylor made the save, but Nightheart pushed him off. Taylor then ended up getting attacked by Reed with the helmet as well. Silly Terry poking his nose in other people's business again here. Um, there's a huge JYD chant as Reed went up to the top rope and slammed Taylor with a flying headbutt. Um, what did you think of this uh, this football helmet on a pole match? So, yeah, I was very intrigued because obviously, obviously, recent in the recent weeks we've been promised a football helmet match. Mm. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm finally getting to watch a match with a football helmet. It's something I never knew I wanted <laughs> um, until recent weeks. Um, I also, on this, um, had a little look on, and I've, I've done this with the rest of them, actually, the comments on YouTube. Oh, okay, so yeah. quite interesting other yeah. people that have watched this. Um, and there was people, there's only four on this one, um, and I'll come put more into the comments for the other matches as we go on. Um but people sort of, you know, a lot of comments of these comments you've got, you know, miss those days. I remember these from Mid-South Power Pro in 84 when wrestling was real. Um, and then someone's put like, you know, Reed goes over clean on Nightheart and then Terry Taylor, um, which he, someone's put, this just shows the monster push that Watts was giving him, mm. which I thought was quite quite interesting like you know comments that I'm like you know we would normally hear on the podcast so I just thought yeah, it was quite yeah. interesting seeing on YouTube um, like you say the match starts and you've got that classic like bell rings leg it for the pole um, <laughs> uh, tear the and, whole ring down yeah and so that, but then actually I was thinking so what's the I didn't know so, I, so I'm looking okay so he's climbing the pole so is this like the original ladder match you get the helmet off the pole but Actually, from what I learned, you get the helmet off the pole, and then the match begins. In regards yeah. to then it's a then it's a match. You still yeah. got pin, you still got to pin the person. You don't win by getting the helmet down. No, the you pole. can just use the weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'm assuming you can't pin the person until that's down. I don't know. Um, I shoot. I just shoot. I don't know. If Pass, you've got something sure. on a pole match, they've never just gone. Small should we just leave them? Should we just minutes. leave? Yeah. Should we just leave that <laughs> up there? Um, probably not in the rules. Um, and actually, to be honest, when I was questioning that, I asked uh, my talking to my WCW expert Tony on it, and he and he, he alerted me to the Viagra on a pole match. Oh yeah, yeah, WCW, yeah. Uh, which he told me to Google, and literally all the articles are things such as horrible must-see pole matches, things that <laughs> R- Russo's worst ever ideas, and they're, they're all the articles for that one. Um, Just great. why you would need Viagra, um, why you would need Viagra with. Um, for Tory, I don't know, but that's a different story, I guess. Um, I was looking at, yeah, I mean, there was no context around like why it was a football match, like helmet match. That's one of the things with commentary, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You, you do realise watching these, these are, like, you know, another, another good match, but the, the no commentary sometimes is that getting commentary, having commentary is obviously good, but getting it wrong is obviously can really ruin it. But 
you know, things like adding a bit of context behind it. So I was like, why, why are they using a helmet? What helmet is it? Like, Yeah, yeah. And also, actually, all we'll have seen on TV about this is then the breakup, which was done really, really well. But we wouldn't have seen any of the local promos saying they were going to do a football helmet on a pole match. No. So, yeah, you're right. You're, we're missing a piece of the puzzle here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I did notice, obviously, this is a younger Neidhart. He's <laughs> carrying some timber. Yes. He's a big boy. Uh, he must he loses a lot of baby fat as he goes. So I noticed the police presence again. Um, I did like the classic. The match started with the run to the pole, climb up it as soon as quick as I can. And then obviously the match starts and you have that classic slow climb, like you do in the ladder matches, where all of a sudden climbing up the ladder takes ages because actually if you climbed it normally, you just get it. Like climbing up the pole just becomes so... Like just to climb up the, um, the the turnbuckle was taking them ages. Yet they'd come up to one of the other turnbuckles to jump off of it. They were flying up that. Yeah. <laughs> but the one yeah, with the poles to like help them up. They, yeah. yeah they, I always find that sort of quite amusing. Um, yeah. Sorry, you mentioned the hammer under the ring. I did. I did see that actually. Now thinking about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jim, yeah. Nye, Jim Neihart pushes it away. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. like it, like oh, I don't want that. I don't know, like whether he's. I will keep keep it safe. Like, given what you told me about this rowdy crowd, I sort of. I'm, I'm, I, wasn't, <laughs> I don't blame it. Um, and also, did notice that, as you say, I'm not sure how this ring was put up, but Neidhart shook the rope when he shook the rope to get him down. Just to clarify to everyone, this wasn't the rope near him. No, this was the no. rope opposite. Yeah. So he shook the whole ring <laughs> um, to knock a bloke that uh, in that weighs a few pounds who's holding on to something off. Uh, I thought that was quite amusing because it's very unrealistic. Um, And then another thing I did find impressive was that the white powder that was used, obviously, I think he pulled out of his trunks, didn't burst during the match. (laughs) Fair play. Mm. Like, if you think he's pulled out of his trunks. Oh, I wonder where that is, though. I know. He's pulled out of his trunks. As soon as he's thrown it, or, you know, he's he's been able to break that or make that come loose very easily. He's just wrestled a whole, like a whole match, and it hasn't burst at all. So mm. he's even been given it halfway, or it's been hidden somewhere that maybe we don't want to know. No, um, in a crevice, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other thing, I just think is, I the top rope diving headbutt, which I think we've seen before, minus helmet. Mm. With helmet is, you know, you know, every so often you get the moves where you go, oh, okay, I don't care how you you're portraying that, that's hurting. Yeah, he 100%. is coming off that top rope in that helmet. I, I did also thought that, um, that not because Nyhart got busted open, should we say, and so did Terry Taylor. I thought Nyhart was very slick with the with the blade. You know, I like you know, I love to sort of check. Yeah, he you're a, you're slick. a resident blade. Terry, Terry, yeah. Terry Taylor, on the other hand, not as slick. The blade. <laughs> I mean, Nyhart, I was like, how's he? Got fair play like that headbutt's opened him, opened him up. He's he's done well there to like he's done that very quickly. Terry Taylor is not as uh, not as not as subtle. I think it no. he was sort of rolling around like holding his head. You're just like right. You're obviously doing it there. Like you're going to emerge. Oh, like he's emerged with blood on his face. Um, but yeah, I, I must admit that um, yeah, the, the the diving headbutt which I haven't commented on before. Yeah. Very impressive when it's. I mean, that's a big guy coming at you. Oh, he's su- he's he's super wow. athletic. Yeah, really, really, really incredibly athletic. Um, I was tempted to go must watch here just because of the silliness and the pole dancing and all that sort of stuff. Um, but in the in the interest of trying to keep this mid south 
moments match rating system you know as, as revered as dave Meltzer's, i'm going to go with um recommend but a very I different went, recommend from the first one i went recommend um again i think the theme of the match makes this a recommend yeah i agree, uh, I agree. it's something different not seen it before actually quite interesting um so I'd recommend watching it because I doubt people have seen this type of match before. So that's that's what I would go recommend, yeah. Yeah, would agree. So next up from March 23rd, 1984, from again, from the Sam Houston Coliseum, we have Magnum TA versus Mr. Wrestling 2 in a non-title match. Uh, so this is this is not for the Mid-South uh, North American title. Um, disappointing, just FYI. Yeah, disappointing. Just a big, big grudge match, a former teacher and protege. And interestingly, as I mentioned at the start of this, they said that Mr. Wrestling 2 was due to face Junkyard Dog, but now Mr. Wrestling 2 is North American champion and JYD has left Mid-South. So this wasn't his actual departure, um, but set up his return as Stagger Lee, which we will look at after this. Um, I thought Magnum might have got a little annoyed around the 3.30 mark in this for a bit of lack of selling for Mr. Wrestling 2, but it's possible that could just be a Mid-South Moments conspiracy theory like we talked about in the Montreal episode. Did that's you re- that's, this? That's, re- that's really weird you say that because I think I sent you a thing on Twitter the other, the other day where it was a video of a guy that, that wasn't selling. Yes, uh, you did. Yeah, you did. And I can't remember who he was in it now, but... I said, you know, and, and it was just showing, you know, showing a match where where someone, I think, because it wasn't the guy, I think the guy was annoyed or whatever. Or he, 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 uh, I think they hadn't been, I think the story with that is they hadn't been smartened up, I think is, is what it what yeah, was. The, but, he, yeah. but it looked like he wasn't selling it. And this, this really, I've written a note, so this reminded me of that clip I sent you to start. Yes. Where I was just like, he's not really joining in here. No, it was really like, strange. It didn't really click to start off with at all. Um, I don't know why why that is really but, um, I wondered if he thought Magnum was going Magnum was possibly going a bit too fast or got a bit excited in this big you know big match for him don't know yeah. but it was something was weird here wasn't it yeah oh yeah I, yeah it didn't it didn't sit well no uh, at the start it, you know yeah go on carry on because you know so um Basically, um, he was laying in shots to two, um, but two wasn't really reacting to them. He said something and then went to throw him across the ring to the ropes and two wouldn't do it and stalled and ended up just dropping down. Um, two did a couple of really horrible looking knee, almost like face rakes on TA. Um, the sort of horrible looking in the sense it actually looked stiff rather than didn't look good. I imagine this is the sort of move I can imagine like an older brother using on his younger sibling to really annoy him, like rake him across the face with his knee and um, again on the outside two didn't seem to cooperate when magnum tried to throw him under the bottom rope though like, this may have been more of a just a pure bodge rather than lack of cooperation um, the crowd bit really hard on near fall after a magnum drop kick but two kicked out magnum was then victim to the big knee lift but he managed to get his foot on the rope to break up the pinfall although i've written pinball which is not the same thing they then clashed heads as the crowd started to erupt both men struggled to their feet and Magnum hit the belly to belly for the win in 10-14. And wow, what a reaction from this crowd. TA was over as anybody, you know, here. Incredible. Um, the match was so-so, but again, this Houston crowd was out of this world. And um, we also got a short follow-up promo for the return match in April for the title from both men. And um, what did you think of this one? Yeah, so um, just going back to my YouTube thing. So this one had 16 comments. Okay, yeah. Um, and actually... To be honest, a lot of them, quite interestingly, a lot of them are from five months ago. Oh, okay. Which is when two yeah. died. 
Yeah, yeah, so of I course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people have obviously gone, maybe Googled, yeah, YouTubed him, etc. So I thought that was quite interesting and quite nice, actually. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, there's people, some of the comments was like, Bill Watts ran the greatest wrestling organisation of all, all time, how it's supposed to be. This crowd's on fire. Wish it went on for longer. Magnum was so hot. Uh, Mr. Wrestling 2, uh, people not liking him when he was a heel. Um talking about his devastating knee lift. Yes, um, the million-dollar knee wishing lift. It, yeah, wishing it went on for longer, if I'm honest, is not something I I felt. No, I thought 10 minutes. Was, this is classic. This is classic what we talked about numerous times. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have to be 30 minutes. 10 minutes yeah. is fine. And I do think, so, as, as you say, I mean, it, the start, and only was he not selling, it was just quite a slow start. I mean, there was all stuff, they had like a pre-match, um, like a boxing little talk, you know, uh, the mm. ref, my favourite ref, Pee Wee, uh, Mickey Pierce, yep. he called him over and he was giving him like a, yeah, like, like a boxing talk because I think uh, uh, Mr. Wrestling 2 was sort of saying, don't pull my mask. Yeah. He was giving it all of this. It was all a bit like, come on, get on with it. And then, oh, and then, do you yeah, not like? Do you not like? I quite like that because I, I thought it added added like a big fight, almost like a big fight feel to it. A, a bit, I like but it. I like to. It is stalling, like though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, yeah, okay. I, I mean, for me, I was a bit like, "Come on, get on with it." Yeah. Um, but I guess it depends how it's done. Like that had a big fight feel. I mean, I think one of the matches later has got a lot of this going on as well. But um, so it was quite weird actually watching the match, having just watched the first match we've reviewed on this, where they're mm. a tag team. And I thought they were really good together. But obviously, it's obviously all part of the storyline. Um, T.A. looks so T.A. looks like a wrestler, doesn't he? Like, he looks like yeah, a wrestler. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Mr. Wrestling 2 just looks like... I mean, he don't wrong. Other than the fact that I think we criticised that he maybe weren't selling it very well early on. He's a good wrestler, but he looks like a bloke from the pub. They've just whacked a mask on. Well, he is... He, yeah. looks more like a, he looks more like a British... Like what we always say you know, about the old... like. British wrestlers, the giant Hayley Stacks and all of that. So I mean, I did have a look. He's 49 yeah. in this, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's 49, yeah. And T.A., I think, is about half his age, I think. Yeah, TA's, TA's mid-20s, isn't he? So yeah. That, that, that's just I mean, goes to show, doesn't it? Yeah. But it was very it was very old school wrestling. I've just put it, you know, nothing fancy, solid, quite realistic, actually. Yes. Um, and... Yeah, I agree with you. The crowd absolutely erupted it in winning. Obviously, he was over. And I guess also as well, when you've got, uh, you're watching a match that was meant to be someone else, more often than not, you, you're going to be like, well, the replacement isn't going to win because they weren't even in the storyline. Hmm. So actually, more, more often than not, funnily enough, they do try and put the baby face over in those, those circumstances. Well, even if, they well, can. if they're new in. If, if there's a replacement, yeah. Not not all the time, but that is a thing they've tried to... Yeah, they so do try to do, Because yeah. it's, it's not... He wasn't meant to be in it. He's not going to win it, if you know what I mean. That was what I was thinking. But um, yeah, yeah. a couple of other just quick, uh, very quick observations um, was something really good. The crowd was so diverse. I thought it was brilliant. I haven't noticed that in itself. You had all different ages, all different races, mm. the different genders... It was such a mixed crowd. Quite, yeah, and great. again, pumped again. Yeah. Um, not as not as aggressive as the fight we'd just seen. <laughs> um, but they seemed, you know. I also noticed that the refreshment person dressed in red uh, in the crowd had like had like uh, two silver buckets, um, which I can only assume must have been filled with beer. 
Yeah. They're just like massive buckets, like they're going to a well or something like that. <laughs> just, bu- just wandering through the, the aisles and then like waiting for, you can see that whole, like they're holding these like things up with obviously some sort of, you know, like the weight weighing on why they're waiting for these people to scrap their coppers out of their pockets to sort of buy a beer for like however many bucks or whatever. So at, at WrestleMania 34, the Superdome, uh, they the only two drinks that were available by the end of the night were... Um, Bacardi and Stella were the only two drinks left. <laughs> so we had a we had a Bacardi and Coke and an Stella to the to end the night. While uh, was that thirty four? Yeah, yeah, thirty four was Reigns and Lesnar in the main event, which was which was pretty shocking, and the crowd just rejected. And then and then out of nowhere, Lesnar won when everyone Reigns. But yeah, it's funny with those people when they walk past. I tell you what, the ones at the Tokyo Dome are interesting. Um, I'll, I'll tell you more about that off air. Um, <laughs> so yeah so where are we on the in, in terms of this match I, I'm going to go recommend almost mu- must watch here and again mostly based on the strength of the crowd what do you think for Magnum and the opposite way oh have you, you got, have you gone skip slash I've it was alright no 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 I've gone it was alright oh, okay slash slash no actually I don't even know what I'm saying slash I've, it, it was alright I thought it was alright I do I, just, I generally like, do the reaction at the, for Magnum I'm always going to be, I, I, I love that at the end in terms of crowd like r- erupting. So that, that's probably taken up at least yeah. a notch or two for me. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm not all that excited about what's coming next because I know what I've got to go through, which is going to be interesting. But let, let's, not, let's not give anything away before we get there. April the 15th, 1984, Bill Watts and Staggerly versus the Midnight Express, the last stampede. So, in this video, the only one that's on Daily Motion rather than YouTube, um, there's a lot of the feud that's recapped um, before um, you know before the match. And actually, there's, there's some good stuff in here and also some rare stuff. So this included Bill losing it and finally hitting Cornell, which we saw on Mid-South Television, and a beatdown by the Midnight Express. There was a really serious interview of Jim Ross um, with Watts, which was really fantastic. We also got the scenes out on JYD's farm with Jim Ross and Watts there, where JYD said he couldn't help him because he made a promise he would be gone for 90 days, but he knew someone uh, in Stagger Lee, which is basically obviously him. Um, we also get the post-match stipulations um, with the baby outfit and the dress, etc., which would be used across various locations. Um, we got some rare, rare local promos of Jim Ross first advertising the match at the Sam Houston Coliseum with Cornette. Um, and the Midnight Express, um, also uh, followed by Watts, and one really good one from Connett before more from Watts. Unfortunately, there is some language in these promos from Watts that's you know a bit grating and unacceptable to say the least. Um, but that aside, this is strong stuff, and it's clear to see why these matches did the best business Mid South ever did. Um, and you know, there's there's more to come on that in terms of you know follow up in terms of talk about the match. So before we actually go on to the match itself, Dan, what did you what did you think of some of this? Because I guess you'd see, you've seen some of this stuff. Um, you've seen some of this stuff previously, but not I guess all of it. Yeah, so I'd seen yeah some of it all, but also merging it all together was quite interesting. This was off on the on the list. This was the most intrigued I was. Oh really? Okay, yeah. A match. I was quite intrigued, um, and I'll be honest. By the end of the Feud recap, as I've called it, I was I was quite pumped up for it. Oh, okay, was, good. Um, yes, they did good. Jo- there was some good stuff in here, wasn't there? Actually, yeah, so actually, yeah. Bill Watts done a bit. Jim Cornette does a job of like he is who he is, right? So mm. he's that sort of spoiled kid sort of thing. Bill Watts is like promos. I was like, oh, I actually feel like he's going to 
beat this guy up. Like, he was a ho- I, feel I tell like you what, he's yeah. well into this. Like I, 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 I was, I was by the time the match started after about what was it twenty minutes. Is that right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's about 20, twenty. Yeah, twenty recap. twenty-two minutes. Uh, twenty-two minutes twenty. The match starts in the yeah. video. So yeah, twenty-two minutes but of recap. Twenty minutes of recap. I was, I was quite pumped. For, yeah. I was. I was fully in this by the time the match started, so I was quite glad. I was disappointed on Daily Motion on YouTube because I didn't have my YouTube comments, but I was... And um, Daily Motion is such a pain in the rear yeah, end, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, um, okay. But I mean, some of the things for me, I mean, as you say, some of the... It's, it's, I, was, I was just laughing at a lot of it, you know, like, just even starting off with Jim Connett, <laughs> one of the promos saying, uh, he's talking to JR, I think, and then Bill Watt talks over it, he just out oh, knows. What's Big Head doing here? I mean, just <laughs> stuff like that just makes me He's laugh. so witty, like, Connor, yeah. Like, it's just stupid, like, and then it was talking about, I think, oh, that was it, because he'd, he'd been, he'd just been covered in cake or whatever. It's just the way Bill Watts goes, oh, I think it was funny. Yeah. Like, just so, like, deadpan. <laughs> I don't know, that just sort of has me, like. And Bill, the, um, Watts is, Bill Watts is talking, I mean, I like Bill Watts' commentary, but him as a, you, it almost made me want to look back at some of his stuff in the 70s, because yes. this guy is, is a, good this is a this is a you know a pure baby face this is a hero this is a guy i'm going to take out this heel i'm you know i'm i stand for what i believe in and it, this the, these people are going down i mean crikey this yeah. was, this was great wasn't it i just wish he'd been a bit you know a bit bit younger in the match i suppose because the match yeah, is a bit so of a different so thing, but yeah five, I think I yeah saw, but um i like sort of like calling it like in essence context, I'm, I'm gonna call my mum i mean it just, yeah. just makes me laugh like it's like he's dealing with because he even mentions about he's Stupid, geeky-looking son. Which, given oh it, yeah, poor Joel. <laughs> yeah, but given Jim Connett's twenty-three, Joel probably isn't that much different in age. Joel's twenty, yeah. Jo- yeah, because so like his birthday is New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah so they're like similar ages. Yeah. Um, which sort of made me laugh. So I was a bit like, yeah, he's probably. I, I mean, I must admit, looking for Joel or trying to find his age, um, he's very elusive. Uh, he's very difficult to find on, on Google or... Well, nowadays. they only know because they t- talk about it, about Joel about to be turning to, about to be 21, 21 yeah. on New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you can't find him anywhere. Joel Watts is, he's very, very gone. The radar. Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, there's a certain, you know, he continue, Watts continually uses a certain... Mm. But it, to, the, to the point where I think at one bit, he goes to call him something else and corrects himself. You didn't need the correction. No, you did not yeah, need the yeah. correction there. <laughs> he gets the insult. Um, and uh, the other thing I, <laughs> I thought, there's a couple of other things with, with Watts about um, uh, when he, uh, yeah, when he goes to see JYD, that he, <laughs> he asked him to turn the mu- his hip hop music off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they're talking and he's like, can you, can you turn that down can you turn bit, that please? Off. <laughs> it's so unnecessary. And he's yeah. like just playing his tunes. And then when he goes to get JR to go and see Stagger Lee, JR's in a blindfold. <laughs> yeah. like trying And they're walking really slowly to go and see him. And Stagger Lee's just parked in the middle of a field. And like Jim Ross has got his blindfold Can't on. reveal his location. I'm at, yeah. And like, I'm looking at JR. Like, I think I had a look. He's 32 in that. So I'm just yeah, like... Wow. I'm just like, look at this guy. Like, what is he doing? And he's obviously acted as well, which I thought was just brilliant. Um, uh, I actually just put JR walking blindfolded. Great TV is what I feel. <laughs> um, but the other thing, couple of things I had was um, that uh, what also like, he specifically said, this is one of Cornette's mum's dresses. As in, yeah, yeah, yeah. hands on that. Um, then obviously he mentions a couple of things that aren't really appropriate yeah how did he get his hands on yeah, I know and then um, I guess the only other thing I had was 
when I was searching for Bill Watts, because I, I, exactly like you said, I sort of thought, God, I'm quite interested now to see like what this guy's career was. Does he have the longest biography title ever? Do you know what? It's over there, actually. It's in this room. Uh, what is it? The what Cowboy. Is it called? It's called The Cowboy, the Cowboy and, the and the Cross. The Bill Watts story. Yeah. Rebellion. Rebellion. Uh, what is it? Rebellion, rebellion, wrestling and redemption. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, you've got this wrong. You either do The Cowboy and the Cross, The Bill Watts story or The Bill Watts story. It's like he's gone, two, what should I do? I don't know. Just whack it either side of my mouth. <laughs> just say Bill Watts, my story. It doesn't have to be anything yeah. else. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That does work for autobiographies. Well, I gathered from, from having a little thing that it's a lot about wrestling and finding God. So sure, I've read a lot there. of it. I need, I need to, I, I refer to, I, I do research quite a lot from it, um, but I haven't read any of the stuff after Mid South as of yet. But what I need to do really is read it all in one go. Um, but but it, I tell you what, it, it's really difficult using it as a, re, a research tool because he jumps around so much. Like, Oh, right. The Houston, what you would expect from a book like this, and a lot of the wrestling, but like Bret Hart's prime, like perfect example of this. Yeah, you, if you open a page in Bret Hart's autobiography, it will be I don't know 1987, and you'll get from Bret Hart what he did in 1987, and then in after that it'll be 1988. In this one, like, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll find out definitively what the Houston wrestling because Houston wrestling wasn't part of Mid South. And it was whenever you look on their thing, it's always like co-promoted. So it was Mid South, really, by this time. But I wanted to get a bit of background of the story, and he's talking about that. But then he, it's way after it happened, so he's like right. gone back in time to talk about it. It's like just do it in order. It's really annoying. <laughs> but yeah, so um, onto the match itself. I thought the production, or perhaps to be fair, the videotape quality um, was not as good on this one as the other matches on the list. Um, but you can still hear and appreciate how hot the crowd was for it. Um, so the Watson Lee team are firmly on the offense in the early going with what can kindly be described as basic attack from them. And um, there was also a weird bit in this, where, as we talked about earlier on, where the camera appeared to be stuck too far zoomed in. So you couldn't see what was going on either side of the zoom. And um, Eaton was busted open somewhere uh, in here before finally the Midnights took over on Watts. And Connor even got a cheeky shot with his tennis racket in. And um, Stagger Lee looked to have a bloody Eaton pinned after a power slam until Cornet hurled the tennis racket in and Eaton struck Lee. The referee was way out of position here and didn't do a count or for a near fall or anything, which I think that might have been a mistake. Um, Eaton and Lee then bumped heads while Condry and Watts carried on fighting. Eaton tried to get powder out to throw in Watts' face, but Watts expertly booted it back at him and got the pin after a body slam of sorts in 13 minutes to an uproarious reaction from the crowd. And then things took a bit of a turn. So after the bell, Boyd Pierce, in an incredible lime green suit, had something in his hand. And Magnum TA appeared on the scene also, um, Corn- who actually was really difficult to see, but it was Magnum. Cornette begged on his knees to all three not to be humiliated, before getting up and slowly starting to undress again to a huge reaction from the Houston crowd. And, and, in, and, in, and, and in London as well. Yeah, yeah. I, well, actually, I've written, <laughs> at this point, I, wa- I started to wonder why I got into podcasting. Magnum, <laughs> Magnum then tried to put Cornette's jacket on Stagger Lee, but it didn't fit. Cornette was soon topless. Then he started undoing his red trousers and they did the old schoolboy trip on the poor guy. They had a big white sheet-looking thing in the ring, which they laid Cornette down on, covered him in baby powder, and then made him drink from a bottle. Watts then wrapped the sheet around him in the style of a nappy, and this all got a thunderous, thunderous response from the Houston crowd, none more so than when Cornette stood up in the droopy nappy sheet. Dan help 
Right, let me start with the match and then I'll go on to the something that I've sort of only seen in in foreign countries on stack these. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, the match, you, you mentioned at the start, it, Bill Watts punching people. Yeah, it I'll is. tell you what, yeah. it was very manly. You're watching that, you're like, God, he's a, look at this bloke. He is literally <laughs> just bang, bang. And actually, because in the, in the promos, he, he nails Cornette as well, doesn't he? Yep. Um, which, by the way, can I just say, given Cornette's not a wrestler, sold that punch in the Unbelievably in the well. Yeah. So yeah. well. Yeah. I was like, I actually rewound that to be like, is he he's proper? Is he proper? I couldn't like, it looked so good. Yeah. Anyway, so it was just, and actually, to put into context how hard these hits were, one of the hits was, he hits one of the Midnight Express so hard that he, that after the hit, he jumps up onto the top rope. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, but he hit him no, in the corner. That. That and as yeah. he's gone backwards, he's also then leapt up and sat on the top rope for then him to be able to then bash him off of it. Well, oh, um, I was careful. just like, yeah, 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 sorry. <laughs> uh, that, that was after the match. Uh, and then, yeah, so that bit there was all very mad. Then, then obviously, Midnight Express, I, I felt made it a, a, whole, a classic get him in hold let's yeah. calm this down a little bit we're a proper wrestling oh team. yeah classic stuff really very classic clever stuff. you yeah. know trying to show hang on we're on top here I also you know the classic manager ref don't see the ref don't see the tag or ref don't you know they've done the actually it's to their detriment in the end actually because the ref didn't see the tag I think from Watts to Stagger Lee which was their downfall in the end and I think that's why you know you mentioned that the ref should have counted I don't think that there was a lot of the ref counted the correct legal men eventually. There was a lot oh, of right, okay. count. And actually I rewound and had a look and actually what's remained the legal man because of this whole um didn't they wouldn't let him pin. Uh, tag, sorry, they wouldn't let him right, tag. Right, right, so right, he remained sense. the legal man throughout. So actually when it was all kicking off, he that's why he was able just to sort of go and get the pin. Um I did I've mentioned before about you know, when they talk about the banned use of equipment and it's always always gone tennis racket why is that on there I've just gonna <laughs> tell you what there was some nifty use of the tennis racket yes what i never thought of before was they used the handle so one of them i think one of them smashed the handle into the corner hit him in the gut and yep. one of them smashed him in the neck with a handle i was like yeah. okay actually this has got a, there's a place for this um <laughs> and then the other thing was you mentioned about the quality of the picture mm. um i was a bit like i was i was i weren't sure if the color was okay because on a Staggerly's mask, sometimes it looked green and sometimes it looked red. Right, and okay. I wondered, oh, I wonder if this colour's really working. And then out, and out pops Boyd. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, the colour was working. Yeah. Not, that guy walks in, oh, no, it's all right, the colour's fixed. Colour's so fixed. Was, it was absolutely brilliant. And he walks in to the post-match angle, which you, you described brilliantly. Um, in essence, yeah, I mean... Just disappointingly, as you've noted, the dress wasn't used. No, it wasn't. The I dress, think it was no. being held by the by the ref. I think. Yeah, I thought someone had something else in there, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't. I, you know I, could, I was so haunted, I couldn't go back and look again. So yeah. So I thought, yeah. I mean, you've there's, there's two things I would add. One, Bill Watts might be winding him up about wearing the nappy and stuff, but all I'm going to say is. That guy knew how to fold an adult nappy. <laughs> he was given a sheet of white, uh, a white sheet, and that man made an adult nappy 
quicker than you I can change my daughter's pull on I wonder so, if if Joel he, on on the days uh, yeah, on the see, days when uh, when Joel had, had unfortunately messed up the end of after a so, you know very solid commendable yeah. performance and he had to change his he'd me- he'd messed up the end <laughs> of the Mid South Television episode and he had a few nightmares after that so perhaps that's where the yeah, comes from. Right. So I'm sorry. I feel awful. You know what? I feel awful saying that about Joel. So I'm sorry <laughs> about that. That really has hurt me. So, so yeah, carry on. And then the other thing was, so we just trying to comment that Stagley just gives him a kiss. Oh, I didn't notice that. Got, what? Gave, give give Jim Cornette a kiss. Yeah, at the end, just Cornette sort of coming out of the ring. Stagley gets him and like plants a kiss on him. Which given oh, I didn't the, notice that. Given the given the the mayhem caused by Adrian Street. Yes. Um, which is after this, of after course. This, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can only assume because Joel said that that's the first time he's ever seen a man kiss a man. He obviously wasn't at this event. No, he can't have been. No, because he can't have been. I mean, yeah, rewatch back, but he Stag Lee plants one on, which I mean, just was a bit like, why have you done that? There's no need for that. <laughs> um, but yes, it was. It was just, you know what? The bit that's haunting that haunted me. It wasn't so much so him being in the nappy or whatever. The haunting bit was the stripping off bit. Yeah, because it wasn't done quickly some bits were done quite slowly it was done started to make it a effect. bit awkward yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but agree, also yeah. made it look quite like quite intimate like oh, why are you like cornet was sort of a bit like um, a bit intimate <laughs> <laughs> do you know what it reminded me of and uh, uh, this is this is isolating the american views a little bit but it reminded me a bit of alan partridge when, yes when he has his, yeah. <laughs> when he has his the flashbacks yeah <laughs> it was like you've ordered, you've ordered you've ordered a film in the hotel and you've ordered the wrong way oh, i've paid for it now i'm gonna stick with it yeah, jim yeah. cornet stripping off really stripping slowly off. Yeah. yeah wonder why this was free view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, sorry, go on. Uh, all that included, um, I'm putting it down as a must-watch. Oh, really? I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. put. I'm gonna put. It was all right, actually. No so we're, way! We're, yeah, yeah, we're the I other end. I can't believe that. Do, uh, do you know what? I do think my. I, I put it. I enjoyed the feud bit. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, and I think because I watched the feud bit, and because they'd put all the clips that I'd seen a lot of them already, but because they put them all together, as I said, I was fully brought in by yeah. a match starting so as a result I think that's why it became a must watch for me as a, I as would a agree whole, a whole 40 minute video which is what it is it's a must watch yeah, if you're I just agree. watching I the agree. match and you haven't had a recap of all the stuff that's happened I can see why it wouldn't be a must watch because yeah, like, yeah. actually you'd just be like what was that <laughs> yeah, I think if you've got any interest in Mid-South you, you kind of have to you kind of have to watch this video video in whole don't you I think yes yeah. yes so moving on from Jim Cornette, uh, baby powder and a nappy uh, to May the 11th, 1984. And we've got Hacksaw Butch Reed versus Terry Taylor. So in follow-up to the earlier beatdown of Taylor, we now get him and Reed back in the Sam Houston Coliseum. There's big heat for Reed. And Boyd Pierce was in an incredible, incredible shiny gold three-piece suit with a gold-time black shirt. This is a pure 10 out of 10 on the Boyd fashionometer. What do you think of this suit here? This is a bit like our outfits for the darts, wasn't it, actually? Thinking about it. It was a little bit like that. I, yeah. I've got, um, yeah, Boyd, Boyd looked resplendent in gold. After yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, I also did make another note, actually, that um, the two wrestlers also had a nice couple, of, nice little bit of merchandise, had a jacket on each that looked quite good. Hmm. Don't know if you remember that. I've actually put next to Terry Taylor's. I bet. I wonder if it smelled as good as it looked. And <laughs> obviously, he could tell me that. 
Yeah, given his uh, given his problems in recent weeks. So Taylor attacked Reed during the instructions here. And again, the Houston crowd were loud. Poor Terry was sporting his neck brace from having been injured in storyline around this time. And there's a super bump on the outside from Reed after an atomic drop where he just hurled himself at pace into the ring pace, which was just really, really incredible looking. Again, highlighting what a super athlete Reed was. And um, something made Boyd get up during this and almost gestures to the crowd from ringside. Um, did you and then sit back down again? Did you notice that? What was he doing? Did someone shout? Know. Someone slag him off or something? Do you think? Yeah. He got off. I, yeah, I don't know. He just got off and just wandered off. I, sure I wondered if there was. Yeah, if, do you think there was maybe trouble? There might be even trouble or something at ringside. And just trying to calm it down. Maybe. <laughs> to be honest with you, as I said, as I said earlier, with this crowd, I don't know what was. No, I don't know yeah. what to expect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the crowd was super hot for Taylor's offense before Reed got control, and there's an extended beatdown followed, including Reed biting and choking Taylor. And Taylor was busted open pretty significantly somewhere in there. Also, did you spot the? Did you spot the moment? I did. Oh, did yeah. you? Okay, what did, yeah. did you spot him blading or the actual thing that split him open? So I, I, I think that. Um, with this, he, I think on the note on this one I had was I think again he. He covered his, um, he just covered his, oh no, I'll tell you when it was, I'll tell you it was, this, the other one was covered his face. I think this one was, it looked like uh, Butch Reed was biting him. Right, okay, yeah. I don't know if you saw that bit, because I, I actually originally was like, is he biting him? And really weirdly, because I've, I've noticed recently when I've watched some of these, uh, sort of the 80s stuff and some of the early WWE stuff, biting seems to have been sort of a thing yeah, yeah. That is not allowed now, but like you often see people biting mm. them But yeah, it's a bit like they don't I, like doing chokes now in WWE. So I, I wonder if that's on the list of things they don't like. Vince doesn't really want people. Oh, I, my! I saw you know I saw Randy Orton biting someone on. Yeah. Or now I've bitten my brother's arm off or something. But so yeah. yeah, yeah. But so what I think was was when he was doing that sort of bite, he bit where the he bit where the cut was. Oh, okay. So I okay. think in that little like hookup which was seemed a bit why are you doing that I mm. wonder if that's where Terry was sort of did the did the did yeah, the job, it like yeah. he was going in for a kiss so anyway, <laughs> I sort of look but yeah I think that's when he done it yeah yeah okay so Reed went for a pile drive at the nine minute mark but Taylor managed to backdrop his way out of it and fought back with punches and an atomic drop before hitting his own pile driver this is very much the cactus jack Terry Funk style fall back into it version of the move and which I which is, you know no no better or worse but I always think this one looks looks pretty good and um, Taylor hit a big fist from the middle rope three quarters across the ring onto Reed and continued with knee drops and the finish came when the ref admonished Taylor for using punches in the corner. And with his back turned, Reed got out some brass knucks and tried to hit Taylor with them. The ref caught him and Reed pushed him away, which resulted in a DQ in 11.51. Taylor then got the knucks and eventually used them on Reed. Um, this didn't do a great deal for me. And I would probably put this only just in that it was all right category. What did you think of uh, Reed and Taylor here? So, um, I guess my points would just be I I, I like that um, when you got like the heel and the and the baby face, uh, which I've noticed in all of these, it's quite clear in each one who's who, and it's mm. quite you know quite and it's quite classic the sort of the the classic moves for for each. So for example, there's one bit where um, Butch Reed gets thrown to the outside, uh, and no one comes up to him or anything. Right at the start, he gets mm. sort of. Taylor goes out and like it's like two blokes come over to make sure he's okay. <laughs> and it's just little things like that. It's like it's all just subtle little things I quite like. One bit I did laugh at and I, I did remind for was I missed uh Butchery get the 
sort of knuckle dusted over out of his pants. Mm. I missed that originally. So all I noticed was there's one point he's at the ring and there's a bloke in the front row stands up and starts going, starts putting his hands like, <laughs> in like, like putting his hands down his pants, like really elaborately, like kept like oh, putting no. them in and out of his boxes. And I'm just yeah. like, what is going on? Like, why is that bloke standing up? Like in essence saying, look, I'm touching myself. What, what is happening? <laughs> so then I rewound. I was like, Oh, he's trying to say to the rep, he's got something out of his mm. pants. But I didn't see that. So I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> a niche here? ringside activity going on I, there. Yeah. And given what I've just given, what the match I've just seen, I was like, this is, this is all going wrong here. This is all <laughs> going the way I don't want it to go. Um, but again, talk about testament to victory that I didn't notice because it's, you know, slick, very slick. And actually, um, later on, when uh, um, Taylor managed to get hold, that happens from a, um, he sort of lifts him over his head and it, in it, and the, the knuckle duster or whatever. It's quite slick how it falls out. It's like it falls out during the move. Yes. Which I thought was quite good. Uh, so actually, it's all, I mean, again, these people, it's been, I think, like quite ahead of their time to be honest. Um, Maybe, or maybe this was the time, as a lot of the comments um, would say. I mean, the comments on this, there's a few comments on this one. There's eight YouTube comments on this one. Okay. Um, for those keeping count. Um, but I'll tell you on this one, very, very pro the comments, very pro Butch Reed. I don't know whether he was writing them himself. Um, there was, you know, people saying about how he was underused, should have been one of the best heel champions ever. Hmm, interesting. Um, one of the top five of a legit badasses, uh, badasses, should I say? Um, then someone, I mean, if you go on and watch this YouTube thing, there's someone who has gone on a massive rant, right? Given there's only eight comments, yeah, massive rant about how Terry Taylor is a joke. Um, he would have been broken into by this guy. This should have been a squash match. A fairy-like person like Taylor wouldn't even come close to Butch Reed. It's an insult to the viewer's intelligence. This was a, so was, this person, but this is the match that made me think that wrestling must be fake. Wow. This guy, yeah, someone just literally. So this is all in the same comment? Yeah, someone just lost it. It's a chill out. Yeah, like yeah. really very, um, I don't know who, um, you know, HBR1 is, but. Mm. Uh, <laughs> this real or fake nonsense, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with it. I understand. I think back then it might have been even bigger. Yeah, but the thing is, I understand. I understand if you are watching, and I, I can't remember when I, if I've talked about this in the show already. And apologies if I'm going over old ground, but there's this guy on Twitter uh, that, who's got the the Lord Mount Lord Mount Ever Batten Evans thing, the rest still wrestling rules. He just refuses to accept anything other than his own opinion. It's just like. If, you're in, if your intelligence is insulted watching any fiction on television, you're probably not going to watch it. But ultimately, this wrestling is fiction. And wrestling, Steve Austin drew more money than anyone ever drew in history in 98 and 99 and 2000 and 2001 when everyone bloody knew it was, it was a work. So, yeah, I understand that actually these, looking back on these crowds, and it is a different time in the business, and it was great. You know, it's great seeing these incredibly heated crowds and stuff. But you can't tell me that pro wrestling done well in 2020 can't draw. It's all about stars. If The Rock was 35 years old and decided, actually, tomorrow I'm coming back to... Actually, it wouldn't matter if he was 35. He'd still, he'd still break everything. The Rock came back tomorrow 
and did a run with anybody. It would draw incredible business, just like it did. He, he drew the biggest pay per view in history against Cena in 2012. So I'm not. I'm just not having it. I'm not having it. It can still He's work. Gone. He's lost it. He's I've lost it. it. It's my. It's my rant. So no, I'm not. Um, I'm not having that. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, again, going back to the the ref gets himself a little bit involved here. Um, there's one bit where he kicks Butch Reed's hands. Butch Reed's holding the rope while well, a move's happening uh, where I think, I don't know, Taylor's trying to drag him down and he's holding the rope. Ref yeah, just yeah. Kicks, his, kicks his hands off the yeah, rope. It's a bit, no bit naughty, yeah. There's no need for it. That's a it's classic same... referee spot against, against heels. Though, is, uh, yeah, is and then like, yeah. the same like when Taylor's in the corner, I know you said he was getting berated by the ref, but the ref had let him have five punches before he berated him. Yes. Butch Reed went to throw one punch and that was it. It was like, get off of him. <laughs> and then that's obviously why he threw him away. So I was yeah. like, again, it's another example of in this one, you know, the, the, to me, it was a bit, the ref was, he wasn't, he wasn't subtle enough for me. It was a bit too, okay, you're, 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 t- he was too much on the baby face side it, it, to the point yeah. that it annoyed me a little bit. This and is a weak finish as well. They didn't want yeah. either man to lose but, here, really, did they? I, I, I'll put it, the crowd seemed happy with it. The crowd seemed happy. Um, I also thought this showed why um, entrance and exit music, so say theme music adds, because it ended, Butch Reed walked off, and Taylor was just sort of standing in the ring like a yeah, spare yeah. part. Yeah. Whereas obviously, like, you know, the introduction of the music is really good because he could, I tell you what, because if his music was bad, he could have, he probably would have, you know, gone round to each turnbuckle. And yeah, also, I was, yeah, he, just, a few sort of, hands the he just sort of stood there and looked like, is that me done? Yeah, I've, I've won by DQ. Okay, great. See ya. Perfect, See ya. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm not just saying because of that sort of damp squib ending, but I had it as a, it was all right. Yeah, this is and almost would, a skip, this one. I would yes, say. and it would yeah. be closer to that end, yeah. definitely. So our main event uh, this week is the May 11th, 1974 Houston uh, wrestling match between the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. So it's the first of two battles of the Expresses that we're going to cover. Um, Cornette did a hilarious double bicep pose in the ring after their entrance. And there was a huge ovation to expect for the Rock and Roll Express. And oddly, they had the belts here, but according to the title history, they weren't the champions at the time. And this one was non-title. So if there's any historians out there that can clear this one up for me, please do reach out at MidMoments on Twitter. Um, we got a close-up on Boyd at ringside. This from the same show as Taylor and Reed. So he's still decked out in his incredible gold suit. Um, the Midnights have given up their matching outfits, sadly. Um, I really tried to sit back during this one and just absorb it rather than missing the nuances by taking a load of notes. Um, the Midnights seemed to follow slightly the same pattern as their earlier match with some stalling early, designed, I'm sure, to get the crowd into an absolute fever pitch so that when finally the Rock and Roll got their hands on them, they would react even bigger. So the Midnights got on top with a shot from Eaton to Morton's back, unsighted by the referee with Cornette's tennis racket. Poor Ricky was thrown over the top rope twice, which should have been a DQ. Um, the ref challenged Eaton on the first one, but ultimately didn't make the call to disqualify the Midnights. The woeful ref also missed a chair shot to the gut of a uh, friend of the show, Morton, on the outside. Um, there was an absolutely super speed of light exchange between Eaton and Morton, where Morton attempted to come back, but ended up getting hit with a huge power slam. And there was a brilliant but also bizarre moment when Gibson couldn't take Ricky being beaten down any longer. So he fought the Midnights off and then literally hip-tossed his partner, Morton, into his own corner. And Gibson was a victim of Cornette pulling down the top rope and he fell to the outside after a brief comeback. In ring, the Midnights went for a double-team move, but Morton on the outside held Eaton's leg. Gibson hit Condry with a cross-body block and they got the one, two, three in 14.39 
for an eruption from the Houston crowd. The Midnights complained to the referee and handed him what looked like a small chain, which he showed to the Rock and Roll Express on the outside. The Midnights suggested this had been used illegally. However, the results stood and the Rock and Roll Express had their hands raised by the referee. Um, this is definitely firmly in the recommend category for me. What did you think of this match and how would you rate this on the Mid-South Moment legendary match rating scale? So this one... Talking of scales, off the scale, YouTube comment, 74. Oh, wow. Okay. This was a big, this was big time. This, this got people talking. Um, someone making it very clear that this is a Mid-South and at the start of, at the, start of the video, it mentions it's an NWA classic. Uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. someone took very much offence to that. Yeah, I noticed that uh, on those videos, yeah. <laughs> I guess um, they were released as a collection because I'm not sure what Houston, I'm not sure whether Houston... Was um was still an I, I didn't I don't know the I, I guess Houston before mid, the Mid South buyout was still in NWA territory but you're gonna have to ask yeah, maybe so, Phil or uh, if you or yeah. Al gets online to, to explain that once because I can't um, but we had you know comments such work of art raw emotion that someone put I quite liked the ten year old me and my grandpa who were there both thought this was real Vince wow. would have Vince would have managed to mess these guys up they're so over. Fans cared about the result rather than any high spots. Um, oh, so put, many bitter people here on there. Yeah, yeah people. Are, <laughs> this is why. This is why. Uh, this is why I fell in love with wrestling. You never hear a crowd reactions like this, and then lots of people. Quite a lot of love for Cornet and his tennis racket. Someone comparing Boyd Pierce with Liberace. Wow. Um, it was a. It, he it was, was a, a ring announcer at WrestleMania One. There you go. After, so uh, it was a big. It was a big. Say. Big talking point on the old YouTube comments, and it was one that I was very excited to to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and going back to the last one we mentioned about the lack of music, this one obviously didn't. They both had entrance themes. Actually, they're quite iconic, their themes. And obviously, I guess yeah, I'm, saying, I'm saying they're iconic because obviously, you know, watching the Mid-South and stuff. I was going to say, actually, at this time, and in, at this time, did, was there any tag teams or single competitors that had sort of theme tunes or if they did, which I'm sure they did, but as, as any as iconic as these two. Um, just in case, because we had a little bit of te- technical difficulty there and what we may have asked this question already. If you haven't heard it already, then it didn't survive. And if you are hearing this a second time, I, I can't... Didn't I do a great job of re-asking that yeah, question? Yeah, I can't be bothered to edit it out. So, um, yeah, I think there was probably a few people. I know World Class were, were doing a lot, of, um, a lot of stuff at the time around music. Uh, and also, um, I'm not sure if Hogan was using music in AWA at that point, but he certainly was. Um, oh, no, sorry. Hogan was WF champion by this point, of course. Hogan was using Eye of the Tiger during 84, actually. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, there, there was. I'm thinking 83, but yeah, he was using Eye of the Tiger at that point. Um, so, yeah, there was a few, and it became more of a thing as, as, time, as time went on. Yeah, I'm spoiling it quite a lot. I'm, as you say, the start sort of was trying to get the crowd going. It seemed to just be massive issues around pulling hair. Yes, the there was a lot of you know demonstrating, even demonstrating to the ref what pulling hair looks like, which was yeah, very yeah, yeah. Um And having looked at all four, cut your hair. All four <laughs> of them with their long hair, which obviously high of fashion at the time. Um, I really like. There was a bit where um, Ricky uh, was kicking, uh, stopping them tagging by kicking their uh, kicking their hands out of the way when they were just about to tag, mm. and then when. The other member, I keep getting confused, but for the Midnight Express ran in. He jumped up, sort of hurricane ran them over. I really like that, actually. Yeah. I thought, 
you know what? That's, that's excellent, that is. And people mentioned about the highs. highs oh, spots. I know. That I was know. absolutely I'm, brilliant. Like, I, I do get it. I do get it. Everyone's, we, we're the same. Our wrestling from our, ch- our childhood is, is you know, we're always going to look back, for, you know, you've Hogan and The Rock and me with Brett and Steve Austin and yeah. Macho Man before that. I understand it. I understand it. I understand it. But, and, and again, it's no, there's no problem if you just don't, you know, you just don't like modern wrestling. That's absolutely cool. Like everyone can be into and not into what they, what they want within reason, clearly. Um, yeah. But uh, yes, but I, I just don't think fundamentally that wrestling is bad now because people know that it's a predetermined, just like, you know, um, I was, I was trying to think of a film that was fiction. I, the, the first thing that popped to mind was Top Gun. Top Gun, a, a, nice, a nice modern reference there. But you're not going to not watch a story because it's not real. And that's, that's the bit. When everyone, anyone ever says to me, well, why do you like wrestling? It's fake. My, my unusual response is, do you not watch any fiction? And it's yeah. like, I'm not into sci-fi, but I understand why people are. Like, anyway, we're, we're getting into rant mode. But I'll, let, I'll let you get back on with your, uh, your notes. For those of you that can't see, we're on video call and he's... Oh. I've just had a look and he's moved his soapbox next to away, away. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so I, I really like that bit. And uh, yes, say, you know, it was, uh, maybe that was classed as a, as a high spot, you know, you know it's a bit. Yeah, of, these bit, are those wrestlers now. Action. I yeah, really enjoyed of course it. they are. I bet there was people, there was probably people back then, sorry to interrupt again, but there would have been 60s and 70s wrestling fans, would have looked, and I know this is the case for people like Ric Flair, they would have looked at these guys in the early 80s, well, that's not realistic enough for me. That's the, you know, that's yeah. too many high spots here. So yeah, it's always the same. Um, and then yeah, I mean, I did like the bit where yeah, uh, Robert was so so angry. He runs in and he just chucks Ricky over the other side, jumps on. Do you know what I liked about that? Is the amount of times I have watched tag team matches and seen that the person is watching their partner getting beaten up and they do nothing about it. Yeah. And yeah. when they do do something about it, they leave them. They they do something about it. They know they're going to get pulled away by the ref, and they and they they leave them there as a lamb yes. to the slaughter after going. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that is exactly what should be done. You've run in, okay. You've flung him. You've hip tossed him. Yeah, but he's back in the corner with you. I was like, <laughs> that is that's realistic. Yeah, that that's is great. realistic. That is yeah. what you would do. And so I like that. Um, and also the just to clarify on this one, the crowd, the rock and roll chants were so clear yeah so loud and i even saw some rock and roll express merchandise on some oh the, how interesting okay the, yeah people. yeah i saw a couple of rock and roll um, express t-shirts which was which you, again we've discussed before you don't you don't always see um i did like the um sort of midnight express because they got this sort of chain out to i think it was the clothesline um uh, when they were then trying to i just think it's brilliant it's just such a great cornet heel manager technique the fact that they were just like oh this this oh this weapon here on the floor they, they use that that's why they won as <laughs> yeah. if they got that out I just thought that is just it was really class. good that is classic like yeah they used it and actually you could see the ref was like we could have I didn't see because this ref saw nothing I mean this is this is the famous part this is the fast count ref yeah 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 um, which and again a very fast count again but yeah I just thought it was really good I, I actually had this down as a must watch Oh, okay. Uh, so the very top scale. Yeah, you know what? I think actually I've probably been I've probably uh, been a bit unfair. I think this is probably must watch. Actually, I think fair. for me it's because yeah. it's the two tag teams are. I just think you know whenever they face each other, it probably is a must watch. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's the second time I've seen them against each other, and I think the first one was a DQ, and this one, even though it wasn't a DQ, it was still 
a bit of a unclean ending. Yes, and yeah, yeah. These things, like, okay, look, it's only two matches. I'm sure they fought both, but back then it seems like they didn't really care about that. But it does, like, you're just like, okay, they got the pin this time at least. But I'm still like, I just want to know, like, come on, just just have a match and let's just see who's the best without all of the yeah. other stuff. It's just so hard to. It's just not. It's just. It just wasn't seemingly not the done thing then. No, they can. They, they, they do. You can't have doing... a manager, and and you can't really have a manager and a clean finish. No, they're really. doing it's these a rule of thumb. Yeah, they're doing these finishes to try and get you to try and have a reason to come back again. So there's like an yeah. out for the heels and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah. Um, that I'm just going to quickly run run through. Uh, sorry, Dan. Anything more to add on Rock and Roll Express? No, no, no. no, no. no. So I'm just going to quickly run through what we've got in store next week. So uh, just very quickly, we've got Magnum TA versus Ted DiBiase and a North American title match. <laughs> Terry Taylor versus Dr. Death Steve Williams. The Midnight Express versus the Fantastics. Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Ted DiBiase. Bill Dundee versus Mid-South Moments favourite Adrian Street. And also, to close, a scaffold Mid-South tag team match between the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. Um, that's all coming your way next week. All the links to all these matches are on. Check, check the Twitter, check the pinned tweet, and you'll see all the links to these. Um, Dan, Twitter plugs, and we're getting out of here. At Dan PFFC, and I cannot wait for next week. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to. Thank you all for listening, and we'll speak again soon. Hello, everybody. I am Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. And if you would like to purchase some merchandise from World's Number One Mid-South Wrestling Podcast, check it out, all the products. That's on redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. They have everything from T-shirts, phone cases, mugs. Remember now, redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. Thanks very much, Ricky. And that link again is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash mid south moments.